Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. I'm so excited to be back with Derek Myron and Kyle Malmstrom today. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well, Eric. Great, Eric. Thanks for asking. I always ask because I care about you guys. You guys bring me so much good information. You educate me and the audience every time we get together. What are you talking about today? So we are revisiting a topic that Kyle and I addressed last month on retirement accounts and the Secure Act of 2019 and the BBB Act that has now passed the House. And uh, we've titled this uh, podcast part two, and we're titling it The Great Assault on the U.S. Retirement Account. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's very important information for everybody to hear. Let me ask you this before you get started. Who is your target audience for this? Who needs to be listening to this? And and I, I ask that because audience, I'm going to be asking you to share this podcast with whoever they're telling you this is really geared toward, because that's the only way to get this information out. So who would you say needs to hear this podcast, guys? Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. And this one is specifically really tailored for existing large retirement plan owners of probably $5 million or greater business owners or professional service providers who are looking at considering making large retirement plan contributions. You need to be, you know, you need to be aware here. Uh, this is some real heavy tax implications that could come through and then professional advisors who help their clients with people with large IRAs or large Roth IRAs, again, greater than five, $5 million. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you guys get to it because you're the experts. Fantastic. So I think it's helpful to take a little bit of a look at the last hundred years of legislation to say, hey, how did we get here? So we had the the 19, and and I'm going to go through it quick, but we had the crash in the 1920s. So we said, hey, we need some uh, safety net. In 1934, we introduced Social Security. It was enacted in 1935, and, and they started paying that benefit out to folks. And typically, Americans over the next several decades would work at one or two jobs. And so a defined benefit pension really worked well. You worked there for 20, 30, 40 years, and then you retired and you get a pension, and, and that worked well. And then as re- U.S. workers became more mobile and started having instead of two jobs and four jobs, six jobs, eight jobs, like that, that program became expensive. Pensions became expensive and started going, going away. And in 1974, we passed this pretty important act in retirement planning called Employee, Employee Retirement Income Security Act, ERISA of 1974. And it really laid out the, the framework of defined contribution plans. So you as an an individual could contribute to your own retirement plan and manage those monies. In 1997, they put forth, William Roth put forth this Roth IRA. It went into effect in 1998. And essentially what happened is all these all these folks in Congress looked and saw these trillions of dollars in retirement accounts and said, gosh, what if we could induce these people to pay their taxes early? We'd get the money and we could spend it on all kinds of things that we want to spend money on. And to begin with, they said, you had to have modified adjusted gross income of under 100 grand. We're only going to allow people who don't have, make a lot of income to convert money to a Roth IRA. So you pay your taxes on your retirement account and you put it into a reti- retirement account called a Roth and it grows tax free forever. 
until they force you to take it out. Not bad. You pay on the, it's like a crop. You pay on the seed, you plant the seeds, the seeds grow up and you harvest crop after crop after crop and you don't pay taxes on it. Then a few years later, they're like, hey, this is so good. Why are we limiting just the people with low income? Let's give it to everybody. Everybody can convert money from IRA to Roth. And so that's really been, I don't know, maybe that happened in 05, 06, 07, something like that, but long time now, maybe 2010, 2010, I think, somewhere in there. So the rules that happened around there, kind of the universal rule, Kyle, around people who had retirement accounts was what? Do your stretch IRA. Stretch it out for as long as you can. So if you set up a big Roth IRA, you convert it into a Roth IRA and you contribute it to a Roth IRA, the rules would say, hey, upon your passing, if you named your children, they had to be individuals, as a beneficiary, you could do what was known as an inherited IRA, which means you could just make distributions over your lifetime. So if you were a younger beneficiary, 40s or 50s, you may be able to defer that account either as a tax-deferred IRA or a tax-free Roth IRA over your lifetime, which could be another 30 or 40 years. And the distribution percentage was way smaller than what you would probably earn over your lifetime. And thus, you could really create generational wealth and really kind of slingshot the planning you had done for yourself down to your kids uh, and or grandkids. And so, you know, that was the really play, to Derek's point, that was the play for the last 10 years was, hey, let's do these stretch IRAs because there was just so much inherent value in, in that strategy. I'd say that's been the play for 20 plus years, 20, 25 years, and then with Ross, maybe the last 10 or 15 yep. years. But so, so that was the strategy and plan owners knew, yes, though, I will have to pay estate taxes on it because this asset's going to be in my estate. I'm going to pay estate taxes, but I'm going to get to defer it for a long period of time. And then long comes 2019 in the SECURE Act. And they said, you know, we're going to change the rules on you. We're going to change the rules because we don't like the way the rules play today. This is this is retirement money for you, Generation 1, not Generation 2, Generation 3. You, you don't get to save for them. Seems odd to me, but okay. Now all that money has to be out. I don't care what retirement plan. 10 years from the date of mom and dad's death. All has to come out. Okay. All right. Well, that's a big change from the planning that's gone on for the last few decades. But all right. I don't think a lot of people took big notice around that. Then, so, except for people that were younger, still in their high working years, right? So if you're still in your high, in your high income years at the end of your career, and you got to take that IRA money out in those years, you're going to pay the highest tax brackets. You didn't get the, the you didn't get the choice to defer it to your retirement when you may drop down into a lower bracket. So it has a big implication. Big implication. I mean, so plan owners when they pass, their children are going to go into their CPA and let's just make it simple. You have a million dollars in there and they say, "Hey, my choices are somewhere between take it all out today and wait 10 years or anything in between." And so first they say, hey, listen, I'm going to wait and take it out 10 years from now because I'm working. I'm in this high income earning. And they say, well, great, but you owe 40%. Your parents owe 40% on state tax on it. So there's a million bucks and then you got to pay 400 grand. And then the astute child generation two says, well, hold on. Not all the money's mine. I'm going to take that million bucks. I want to pay income taxes on it. 
But yeah, if you don't take it out of the plan, yeah, you have to pay a state taxes on income tax. That's double taxation. You got to pay two levels of tax. Well, that's a that's a terrible idea. I'm going to pay 40% today. And then 10 years from now, when whatever grows, I got to pay the full income tax then. What's what are my other options? And the other option is, well, take it all out today, pay 50% state income tax, state and federal income tax here in California, pay 500 grand in tax. Now you got 500 grand left, pay 40% of that, 200 grand, 70%'s gone, or something in between. The kids, generation two is like, are you kidding me? This is a terrible wealth transfer vehicle. It yeah. is. It is. That's that's well stated, Derek. Yeah. It, and people think it is a great idea until that happens, right? Defer, 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 defer. Well, that may not be the best long-term plan. <clears throat> but now to slingshot into where we're at today, Derek, is we have the Build Back Better Act, and there's been a couple of reiterations of it. The first one was in September, and then we had October 28th, they had a rendition, and now the latest one is November 3rd, and this is H.R. 5376. It's been passed by the House, has not been passed by the Senate or executed by the President, hasn't become law, so this may or may not become law, but this is the current proposal, and it is the assault on retirement plans, to your point. This is heavy-handed government coming after people that have played by the rules, did what the rules said, and gosh darn it, they're going to come get your, they're gonna come, come take your money. Here's what I call it. I call it the Goldilocks plan. Why do I call it the Goldilocks plan? The government wants to incentivize its people to save for retirement. If you don't save too much, well, you're going to have a bad retirement. Okay, so you did too little. But if you do too much, we're going to take a bunch of it. We're going to force you to do things. We're going to change the rules on you. You got to do it just right, just like Goldilocks. You got to be just right. So what does that mean? Here's the rules that they put in here. They said, hey, listen, we know you didn't get here overnight. If you've got, and this is really for people who have done well in their retirement accounts. They have 10 million or more in their retirement accounts. And it says, listen, there are two, we know you didn't save this money overnight. We're gonna give you a little pathway before we're just gonna start making it really heavy handed and punitive on you. There are two tests. If seven years from now, your accounts are north of $10 million and you have income north of 400 or 450,000, depending on what tax filing status you are, you will have to take out 50% of the money above 10 million bucks. No matter what your age, if you're 30, 40, 50, you have to take out 10, 50% and pay the income tax. So <clears throat> the most famous example of the person who has done the best is Mr. Thiel. 54-year-old gentleman, PayPal founder, first Facebook investor. And he's reportedly saved, played by the rules, they've gone and audited. Reportedly, he's got $5 billion in his Roth IRA, and Congress is livid about that. Congress is saying anybody who has north of $20 million, 100% of that money has to come out of that plan immediately. So I don't understand the logic. I, I, the, I would think the logic would be, how do we help the people that didn't save enough to get more, but going after the people that says, well, wait a minute, you did great. You saved, you invested well, and you did it too well. Shame on you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you gotta, we gotta penalize you. I don't understand that. I don't get that. I would think we'd wanna try to figure out how to incentivize more people to do that. 
they need money, Derek. Let's face it. <clears throat> they need money. They, they we have a twenty nine. I looked at it today. Don't if you want to scare yourself, go look at the U.S. Uh, debt clock. Twenty nine trillion dollars in debt. A two point eight trillion dollar deficit this year. Four hundred nineteen billion just in interest payments alone. They need the money, Derek. That's what they need. Shame on you. Shame on you for being successful. We want some of that money, is what they're saying. For sure. So we're not sure this thing's going to pass. They've got the Senate. This bill is over at the Senate. And the Senate is saying that over the, the two weeks before Christmas, they're hoping to get it passed. I'm not sure they're going to get it passed. What we're telling our clients, whether this passes or not, this is the boomerang. This is going to keep coming around. So you need to be Goldilocks. You need to have just only so much inside this plan. They're giving you a pathway to say you didn't get here overnight. We know you can't fix it overnight, but you better start fixing it. You better not get contribute too much in there. You better not put your best investments in there because we're going to continue to change the rules to their suiting, however they think it's more fair. Yeah, I don't remember if it was the September or the October version, but this was originally in the first or second draft to start next year. And they're going to give you two years to get the money out. And so they've given us a little leeway here, a little pathway, six years to make some adjustments. And when you're talking about this size account, you ha in six years, there's a lot, that, there's seven years, there's a lot that can be done, but you're talking about big numbers, right? And anytime there's big numbers, there's big taxation and it's punitive. But if you do it all at one time, what if tax rates are higher seven years from now? What if the surtaxes come into play? I mean, it could get really ugly. And so today we have this, we have this time frame to do some planning. And that's what we're talking about. So another thing that they said that they disliked was that a lot of clients, wealthy clients have alternative investments and you have to be an accredited investor, meaning you have to be sophisticated and meet certain net worth or income requirements in order to participate. I said, well, we hate this because lower income and net worth and sophistication of folks don't get to invest in those kind of things. And so we don't want those things in retirement accounts anymore. And we're going to give you a two-year clock to get that stuff out of retirement accounts. Well, oh my gosh, I had client after client telling me, how would we do that? What would this look like? I couldn't imagine how difficult it potentially would be. But what we are telling our clients today, it's clear. Don't be too successful inside of these kind of instruments. And these certain instruments, they don't want in there. So it's not in the rule, it's not in the BBB that's currently in front of the Senate. We're not sure it's gonna get passed anyway, but these are the things, this is the handwriting on the wall that's gonna keep boomeranging. They're giving Until us- they get it, yep. Yep, they're giving us a window. We should start the planning now, both around size, around the instruments inside of it, and the projection of future size. Those three things need to be considered along with your wealth transfer goals because they're terrible wealth transfer vehicles. How do you do those three things well so that you manage this deferred liability? And the deferred liability can grow huge with the stroke of a pen. Shame on you. Shame on you for doing well. <laughs> yeah, I find it uh, kind of outrageous that they would only allow 
quote unquote sophisticated people to be, have access to some of the best investments. I've always struggled with that one. I think to your point that you were talking Derek earlier, Derek was why don't we make it easier for the people that haven't done so well to do well as the wealthy, but now they're, they don't think that way. So we're not going to change their mind, but this is where we're at. And to what we want to do is be advocates to say, Hey, we need to plan now and we need to figure out, Hey, what is the optimal solution? And everyone's situation is unique. And the devil in the details or the devil in the details are what matter with regard to how you put it together and solve the problem. It is not a one size fits all. It, it never works that way. So we're calling it every single client at our firm needs their own Goldilocks retirement plan. We got to get it just right. Can't be too hot. Can't be too cold. It's got to be just right. So we need, we need to go to work on doing this because we have a lot of people that are likely going to be affected here, whether it be next year or six years or seven years from now, who knows? And if this is you, oftentimes professionals, attorneys, accountants, folks that are really, they have ordinary income coming in and they're saying, wow, one of the things that really has worked well is putting a lot of money into retirement plans as a tax shield. Boy, gotcha. you're, you're, in the tra- you're right in the crosshairs. Yeah, you are. So be careful. I would add that if, if we do quite a bit of charitable planning and clients that are charitably minded as have their own special set of circumstances. And if you really intend on leaving the vast majority of your estate to charity, then you're in a special circumstance and this may or may not be applicable to you, right? I mean, having, a hockey stick in your IRA, particularly if you're close to end of life, is is not a big deal. But if they start making you take the money out of it and, t- and taking 50% of it, then it's a big deal. And so it does apply to you. And this is where we got to get into the facts, assumptions, and goals and figure out, hey, what is the right strategy? To, what's the Goldilocks plate look like for you? And how do we get it just right, I think is the best way to say it. For sure. So... These assets are terrible leave-on assets. They're great live-on assets. If this is you that has a large plan, you didn't get here overnight. I mean, unless you're maybe maybe you're Peter Thiel and, and you did. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> but it, you very likely, lots of folks tell me, you know, I'm most proud about this asset. This is the thing that we sacrificed the most. We didn't go on vacations. We didn't yep. buy new vehicles. We didn't. All these things that we did to make sacrifice to invest in this, and now, and I was most proud of this, and now you share with me on how poorly it's going to transfer wealth to others unless I spend it on myself. It's the asset I like the least now, and I feel like it's the asset I worked the hardest for. So if that's you, you're already in retirement, okay, well, get a plan. If you're the professional who's in their 30s or 40s and 50s and you're socking tons of money away in there, uh, careful, blinking light here, look up. You can see the roadmap is coming. The, the laws keep coming. That's why I call it the great assault on the U.S. retirement account. The Congress needs money. They see trillions of dollars there and they're coming to get their, their piece. They're your partner and they decide, I don't wanna wait until you make decisions in the future. I'm just gonna force you to make decisions soon, sooner. It's like a giant government capital call. (laughs) (laughs) I think the call to action is clear here, Eric. 
We need people to take, you know, we're just advocates and trying to get the word out there that it's coming. And, and if it's you, we're happy to help and, and do whatever we can. We're happy to help with the professionals in your life and, and get you in the right, in, in, on the right path. Well, let's talk about the process. What should the process be here? The, our, our process is, this is an a income tax issue. You have to lay this out as to what does your income tax look like over the next five to 10 years and get down to a baseline. Yep. Okay. Now overlay, if this goes into effect, what would this look like? Wow. Here's what it looks like. And it may become the new baseline if they pass this thing, right? Okay. Here's what it looks like based on these assumptions. Okay. Now, how do we attack the problem? This is the problem. The problem is I'm going to pay whatever the number is, $5 million in tax over the next 10 years. What are the strategies to mitigate the problem? Well, you got to get down to baseline first. If you're not down to baseline, how do you measure anything? You got, you have to agree on, and you're like, gosh, five to 10 years in the future, Derek, lots could happen over the next five to 10 years. You're right. So we got to get down to assumptions that aren't too crazy optimistic and aren't too conservative. We need the median expected outcome. And we know the further out we get, the less likelihood of the probability of, of what you put down on the paper is accurate, but we got to start somewhere. So getting that baseline projection, adding in what would happen if they passed it as is today, then saying, okay, wow, if tax law doesn't change, this is significant. Yep. And then we just layer on different strategies. And again, to Derek's point, we know the projection 10 years from now is not going to be right, but it, it is a measuring stick to see the impact of different strategies and how much you can save. And so regardless of what the number is, the percentage of savings down the road is probably pretty close. And you can say, hey, well, that was 15, 20, 25% savings. That's real money. When you're talking about big numbers, a small percentage of a big number is a big number. 100%. And if you're not going to spend the money, there's only three beneficiaries. It's your friends and family. It's charity and government. And your default option here is you're going to give a big, you're going to give a big chunk of it to the government. And oftentimes, we have clients that say, gosh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm running to friends and family, but I know I'm running away from the government. Okay, if we're, if we're taking it away from the government, then decide how much are you gonna give to charity? How much are you gonna give to your friends and family? I mean, there's only three beneficiaries after yourselves, you and your spouse. So figuring out what those goals are, is it a, how much of it are you gonna live on to meet your income needs over the rest of your life? How much of it do you want to figure out how to get out of this plan because it's really a leave on asset? How are we gonna do that in the most tax efficient way possible? So I think this is a wake up call. I think that this passed in 2019, the SECURE Act, and it got a little bit of fanfare. This, this is a whole new wave of things that are thinking about how they would like to make things more fair in the country. We're gonna be at 30 trillion next year, so. I've never heard you guys as fired up, ever. <laughs> you know, about something, about one of your topics. And, and I mean, I can see why this is, this is ridiculous. And, and Derek, I want to quote you on something that you said that, that struck me and, and I don't know, didn't make me giggle necessarily. I don't know if the word giggle is correct, but you said they're going to keep changing it to keep it more fair. Right. And let's just be honest. It's not more fair for us or the people that you're talking about. Cause I, I don't, I currently do not fall in this over $5 million thing. However, they're not trying to keep it fair for the 
for anybody else but Congress. They're not trying to keep it fair except for them. How can we clean up the mistakes that we've already made? And this is just me saying this. This is not the view of Derek or Kyle, but uh, I'm just tired of all the spending. And then what can we do to take it back from, from people who have, like you said, shame on you. You've done great. So now we're going to take your money. That's really bothersome. Yeah. Changing the rules down the road. We, we, we realize things have to modulate, but to say that, Hey, we're going to whole heart, you know, in whole cloth, change the rules. You've played by the rules on how to contribute money or convert money and invest money. And then to say, hey, we're going to wholeheartedly change it within two years or seven years. You know, that's that's difficult. It, it, it took them 20 some years to get it in this place and then say, OK, now we want you to change it in two years or seven years. It, um, you should we, change the, the rules going forward on how to do it, but not penalize the people that played the game the way it was set up. Yeah, 100 percent. But. Unfortunately, we, you know, we have to run for Congress if we, if, if we want to have that voice heard, no, we, we, we need to <laughs> figure out how to get out ahead of this and whether this passes or doesn't, we, those folks that are, that are listening, that fall into this category with your, whether you're a plan owner, a spouse of a plan owner or a professional, we recommend you get a plan now. I don't think necessarily running for Congress is going to solve it, but what if we made them use the same tools that everybody else has to use as far as a retirement, because they don't have to play by the same rules. They have their own retirement set up and they, that's all secure because they're working for the government and their Congress and blah, blah, blah. Okay. This totally could get political. So I'm going to stop right there, but <laughs> they don't play by the same rules. So they don't care what rules they change. So for those that this does affect, they do need to speak to somebody, give them the contact information so they can, they can reach out to you and get this stuff fixed. The easiest way is probably the webpage, www.centurawealth.com, C-E-N-T-U-R-A, wealth.com, or where you can give us a call, 858-771-9500. Fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for today. Any closing thoughts, Derek, from you? Yeah, but just say this is the great assault on the retirement accounts in the United States. Get yourself your Goldilocks plan. Again, guys, thank you so much for presenting this and bringing this information to the forefront. And our last thank you always goes to you, the listener. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And if you're in this segment of the population of the United States that this affects, most likely you hang around other people that th th this will affect as well. So please share this podcast with them because they need to know. And I mean, you don't want them to be left in the dark while you have the information. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Centura Wealth Advisory. Centura is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.